Hello and welcome to Playing Catch Up episode 10, which is being recorded just 11 months after episode 9. So sorry to, to all three of the loyal fans out there who've been waiting that, that time. Uh, my name's Tom Bailey and I'm joined this time by Paul Thomas, my fourth co-host in 10 episodes. Not entirely sure what that says about me, but but there you go. My original co-host Tim lasted five episodes before Chris and then Tom did two episodes each. So if that kind of pattern continues, I, I reckon there's a decent chance you'll probably just walk away from the microphone halfway through the episode, Paul. But but in the meantime, thanks very much for joining me. I've got five to beat then, have I? Is that right? Yeah, if you if you can go six, then that is uh, we'll, we'll have a play and catch-up record on our hands. Then I will be the longest-standing stand, long, longest co-host if I beat five, is what you're saying. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a high bar, I realise, but you know, <laughs> let's see how we can do <laughs> See how we can do um, for for anyone who's listening who who hasn't heard the show before, um, the format is, is fairly simple. So Paul and I, uh, before each episode, pick pick a game um, for each other to play from our kind of respective backlogs, um, and then we come on here to talk about it. So it's two games per episode, and then at the end we'll pick each other's games for the next recording, and that's it really. Uh, before we do move on to to this episode's games, Paul, um, just obviously you're new to the show, so. Just to, I thought we'd find out a bit more about your, your gaming habits. I mean, do you tend to stick with one game at a time until you're done with it? Or do you have a few on the go at any one time? Or how, how does that work for you? Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I, I, I tend to play quite a lot um, all concurrently. I think because I, I tend to enjoy lots of different genres of games. So sometimes I have a couple of RPGs on the go. But then I like quite a lot of sort of heavy action games, a lot of time trial games. I grew up with Sega consoles, so for me, you know, that magic of the, 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 that, that perfect sort of five or ten minutes you get in a Sega game is something that, that isn't can't be matched. And so I like to have sort of the breadth of, of stuff on the go at any one time. And um, I'm I'm a I'm I'm notorious for starting games and not seeing them through and finishing them. So this format works really well for me because there was a pressure to actually finish it. And I know there was a few times back and forth where I was saying to you, look, I'm getting nearer to the end. I am getting there because you know, <laughs> sometimes it's quite a time investment and I do sort of drift off at the end of games quite a lot. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, I mean, in terms of, yeah, in terms of the format, I understand what you're saying there, but then if I pick a real stinker for you and you hate it and it's 20 or 30 hours long, you're going to be sort of cursing me no no well yes yes i know i think i think i'm, I'm <laughs> i've got far too much pride that i would be you know i would be like i will finish this i will see this through i'd feel bad i think if i didn't see it through and i always think it is worth seeing games through and i i, I, I do find that you know I, I don't know if you feel the same but quite often the initial impressions of a game are not always the same towards the middle or towards the end and i think it's always worthwhile to see something through because I, I I do get the feeling people don't often, you know, fully appreciate games. And that's why I like this format. I think it, it really gives you the chance to um, go and play something with, with a viewpoint of, I am going to finish this and, and then have a like-minded conversation afterwards about that experience. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, excellent. Uh, yeah, no, I, 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 that's part of the, exactly the, the reason why I wanted to, to do this kind of show really is... Um, mm. For, for that reason, yeah, what you get out of the first couple of hours of, of a game aren't necessarily representative of how you feel about it at the end, but but also just the ridiculous amount of games I've got piled up that I thought I would get to one day and it's just not happening. So some kind of motivation to get through them, as you say, is, is a good thing for me, really. I mean, how are you in that respect? Have you got stuff you bought full price years ago sitting on your shelf oh, or, or are you quite good? No, no, absolutely. I... I... 
I seem to have this viewpoint that there'll be some gaming apocalypse at one point <laughs> where they will suddenly stop making games that I enjoy and the, the market will shift in such a way that it's all these AAA blockbusters that do nothing for me, you know, in terms of FPSs and whatnot. But then inevitably that never really happens. And I think, I think in some senses we're in that second golden era at the moment with video games where... Um, the barrier of entry of making games has come down so so far mm. that there is actually just far too much to even want to play uh, on on a on a monthly basis. I mean, the the release schedule these days is just for someone like me with disposable income. It's just it's it's not a good thing, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if you feel the same in this in the same way. You, I find myself unable to go past a sale without thinking, I'll just pick that up for that rainy day, which doesn't really ever happen, you know. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm exactly the same. I'm I'm a lot better than I used to be in terms of when I, in my mid, like early to mid-20s, I was, you know, first job that paid a decent, not amazing, but a decent amount. And, and like you were talking about disposable income, I'm thinking, well, I can do what I want with this money. And like I buy loads of games on release day that I, you know, probably 50% of which I still haven't played. Um, but still, despite knowing I've got these God, hundreds of games that I haven't played yet, like you, the latest PlayStation sale or, or, or Steam sale or whatever it might be, I, I can't stop myself from having a look. I'm, I'm, I'm better than I used to be in terms of if I really think, okay, I probably won't play this for six months, at which point it, it might be a bit cheaper. Um, I'm not too bad. But then I think anyone who's played games for a long time has an idea of a value of a game and how like, how how much it's likely to drop in the future so no if if it, if it's about as low as i think it's going to go for a while then i will snap it up and, and still probably not get to it for a while so i'm my own worst enemy in that respect i think and i suppose for, for me personally I'm, I'm i've got this collector mentality and i'm sure i've got this from my father he's he's like that with video with that record you know his, his, yeah. you know, his collection of vinyl is, is humongous you know we will not go a week without buying a record and <laughs> i almost have the same mentality to video games even though that's almost best because at least with a record, you know, you're going to find an hour to play that. But games yeah. are such a time investment that, you know, um, I, I have I have consoles that, that I know I will never clear the backlog of, but um, I still like to have have the games. And like I say, yeah. should, should that day of fire and brimstone ever happen and the world <laughs> collapses, I can hug all of my games and be happy in the fact <laughs> that I've got something to play while the world burns. And so, I mean, you mentioned that collector mentality. Then, does that does that mean you tend to go for physical releases still over digital where possible? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I'm probably a little bit odd in that regard, and um, I don't think that's that's the norm or the mainstream these days by any stretch. Um, but yes, I do, and I've started to import a lot more recently because. Um, you find that um, digital releases end up getting physical releases elsewhere in in other countries now. So, and and like I say, I almost feel like we're, you know the digital physical sort of um, collector sort of mentality. If, if from somebody who likes physical, it does feel like we're moving to a stage where that might disappear at some point soon, and mm. that mm. that then becomes interesting, you know, in terms of. Um, in terms of how things go forward for my for my interesting games, I suppose, but I, I don't I don't begrudge the fact that digital exists. I think digital, like I say, has brought the barrier of entry down so far that um, it's been a fantastic thing for the industry, really. Um, and I think without that, we wouldn't see the breadth of of games that we see these days. And and 
some of, some of the, the smaller games that are celebrated these days would never have had the chance had we continued on the path that we were going with. Yeah, it's an interesting point. Yeah, I think I think that there's a few factors with it, which means I don't, you know, I think you're right. I think I think digital will, will continue to rise, but I think you know that there are still people who like to buy a game and be able to sell it on when they've finished, um, which, which I don't think will go away anytime soon. The people who aren't like aren't like us necessarily. Um, and also hard drive space, I suppose. I mean, and also the price of digital stuff, like on on the certainly on the PlayStation Store. I mean, I do most of my gaming on the PS4 at the moment, um, despite owning pretty much everything. It's it, it. I mean, you're talking fifty fifty quid upwards for a digital release, when it, whereas in, invariably you can get it a fair bit cheaper at retail or or you know at launch, or obviously within a couple of months, much much cheaper than that. So, mm-hmm. and then that would have to change quite significantly as well. Yeah, and I, th- I think I think in time, it, I think that sort of, that will happen. And I think, like I say, there's a, there's a clear direction for the industry. I think, but um, I still think there's a few a good ten years yet, at least for phys- physical yeah. releases. I would have thought so. Um, by that by that time, I think um, I think I'll be content. Let's put it that way that, that I've had <laughs> another ten years of, of sort of collecting games. Really, you know. So yeah, yeah. And in terms of obviously in this in this show we're, we're picking games for each other. You mentioned a few of the genres you, you do like um, earlier. Are there any that you actively steer clear from? Just so that I I know to, to <laughs> so kind of if, if I feel like punishing you one one episode, I know I know what to go for. I I do I, I don't think there are any genres I dislike per se. I don't think that's that's where I stand with things with games. But there are there are games I'm not good at and. Right. I find that frustrating because I'm good at pretty much a lot of games, and that, that's not me blowing my own trumpet. That's just the way I yeah. sort of play games. And one of the things I really struggle with are strategy games, and I love the mm. idea of playing strategy games. And it, but for whatever reason, I almost they make me feel stupid every time I play them. I mean, I I know that a lot of people. Uh, there was a big craze for Advance Wars a number of years ago. I was like, oh, yes, this is the one for me. I'll try this, and I like the graphics of it and the style of it, and I'll be able to I'll be able to nail this. I'll be able to do it. And I just couldn't, and yeah. that really frustrates me, really frustrates me. Yeah. Um, and I know I was, always feel like um, sort of the strategy RPGs, like Final Fantasy Tactics, things like that would be a good fit for me and sort of, sort of my interest. But, again, just it never seems to happen um so th- that's the only thing that i really t- sort of actively sort of avoid really mm. no that's interesting though um i'm, I'm similar actually with, with strategy games they they really appeal to me but but real-time strategy in particular i i really struggle with and um there's a problem for me i've quite i used to be a journalist and a few years ago i got the opportunity to to do a couple of pieces for edge and um the one and the only time i got to go and interview a developer was was creative assembly who do the total war games all right yeah uh, and it was quite short notice and i i'm terrible at those games so it's <laughs> like spending the few days before i went to you know sort of cramming up on the previous total war games and yeah it was a bit a bit of a nightmare thankfully it all went well but but yeah i was i wasn't um looking forward to that at first because i just thought i'm probably the least qualified person to be to be writing about it but but yeah uh i got over that one just about and uh, I think the, the other one, which which you definitely won't choose because they all fall in a very sort of set set model, and that's MOBAs. Um, okay, yeah. I I I watch 
MOBAs from distance with with sort of bemusement and I've, everything I've ever seen of them is just like I don't even understand the language of this game. You know, I, I don't even know what is happening. And you you see these these tournaments in sort of career and whatnot, and they're all cheering. And I you know every time I'm bemused, thinking what what are they cheering about? What is it that's so amazing that's happened? Yeah. You know? um, yeah, I mean the um, the Dota competition, the the international. I mean the, the prize money in that is, is ridiculous, and it's millions of pounds, uh, millions of dollars. Sorry, staggering. With, yeah, yeah. No, similarly, I, I I mean appreciate there must be more than I can see at a glance at it, but yeah, looking at it from afar, it, it's it is hard to tell. You know what what is a good play in a game like that, and, and what isn't. But obviously, the, the, there must be much much more depth than than we realise. But uh, but yeah okay let's um, let's move on to the games we've been playing then so we'll start with the the, the Telos Principle which is uh, the game I picked for you to play mm-hmm. it's a, a first person puzzler developed by Crow Team who uh, were probably most famous for the Serious Sam series so it's a bit of a departure for them it was published by Devolver Digital came out on PC in late 2014 and then subsequently on the on the PlayStation 4 last year the reason I picked it it kind of leapt out from me from your list as because it's mainly because it's something I'd played fairly recently, uh, so so remember qu- quite well, and and the type of game in theory that that's right up my alley. But uh, how did you get on with it? Um, I I th- I was quite surprised you chose this, and not not because of the genre or anything, but it was, I would say, quite a, a heavy going game for a first game of this sort of format. <laughs> oh, sorry, okay. it, it's it's fine. Yeah. Um, but that was my overriding feeling. Was it? Actually, this is this is quite this is quite heavy and quite deep and quite challenging as well. Yeah. Um, I think more than anything, I found this really difficult to play. Not from not from sort of um, the, the controls or anything like that, but the puzzles were just they they were on the level of something like Braid for me, where I had to walk away and really think about these puzzles yeah. when I left them alone. And I wasn't expecting that level of thought process, I suppose, in, in this mm. game. And I think that coupled with the the, the narrative of the game was very, um, very, very deep and very mm. um, interesting, shall we say. Um, <laughs> so it's got a lot of sort of pseudo-philosophy um, in there. And what's really interesting was how the game blends different elements. Um, so obviously the game is built on um, these puzzles. And I suppose for the listener, the, the, the puzzles in the Talos Principle are um, they're all real time, aren't they? So, so yeah. you, you manipulate objects in real time and um, solve sort of... They start off very rudimentary, basic sort of laser sort of puzzles with with these points where you sort of join them, uh, join lasers from from a point of origin to a point of a gate, basically. And yeah. you, but you have to think in a three D space, so it's all from a first person perspective. But you have to have good three D spatial awareness to really solve these puzzles. And what they do over time is they layer on new mechanics as as you sort of work your way through the through the level. Alongside that is the is the setting, I suppose. And when you first start it, it's very much what I would consider a, a Garden of Eden sort of view um, in terms of what you're seeing is 
through through the eyes of a robot and it looks like i say like this this view of of tranquility and, and, and perfection and then this voice sort of booms out at you from above and then you have a lot of questions very early on in the game oh where are you what are you doing and why are you doing this mm. and that that is that that's the thrust through the entire game really isn't it the, yeah the game is challenging you to make you really understand why you're there and what are you doing and it i drew a lot of parallels with assassin's creed bizarrely um okay because yeah that game and this they have this idea of context for everything so there's a lot of places where the game is talking to you as a player but it's not clear whether it's you sat at home as a player or you as the character in the game yes and yeah. it really blares those lines all the time and the context it puts into who you are why you're doing it and are you human i suppose is the big question is 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 the sort of the conceit of the entire game what's really fascinating was how it delivered that story as well so you have these terminals the terminals look like to me old BBC sort of computers. Yeah, the like... robot guy kind of taps his fingers away, doesn't he, on it, <laughs> and um, yeah. you get these sort of files system pop up, and the the, the elements within that are quite disparate and d- different. So there's one element which is, I would say, are the people who put this construct together, this this simulation together, talking about what they're going through and why they're doing it, and there's these scientists and, and what 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 are they trying to achieve hmm. the other element are bits of what i would call sort of coffee philosophy sort of bits of internet chat rooms and memes and people being a bit facetious about uh you know what's human life all about there's a bit <laughs> yeah. of that and then there's some proper philosophy in there. there there's you know william blake and and proper greek philosophers and mm. I, I i i'm nobody really understands a lot of that philosophy but i recognize a lot of that philosophy and yeah having those mixed together in the way the game delivers is absolutely fascinating and really made me stop and think about what am i actually doing <laughs> uh, what was your take on it on, on that front and did you did you feel that in the same way the 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 mixture, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, what what attracted me to the game was the puzzling because I, I I don't think I, it's from what I what it sounds like I I didn't have as much trouble with the puzzles as you you did by the sounds of it, but it mm. definitely does get very tricky at, at places, and I did have to you know walk away and and come back to it um, at, at several different points. But yeah, what I wasn't necessarily expecting was this this kind of um, storytelling that, that is done in a really unique way, and and as you say, it's delivered really brilliantly um, through these different kind of digital artifacts you have on the terminals. Uh, and yeah, it did affect me. I think I think it made me made me um, think more deeply than than the vast majority of, of games I, I play. And, and yeah, definitely reflecting on that when I was away from the screen and and what have you. So, so yeah, I like as I say, I think that was one of the one of the real standout points for the game. And I, I should have mentioned at the start. I, th- I forget the guy's name. I think it's Tom Jubert, the guy who put who made the Swapper. I think wrote on this oh, game along right. with one of the guys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, um, that's interesting. Yeah. So, 
so no, I th- thought it was yeah, that was definitely a triumph for the game for me. Yeah, and and th- so and the other aspect that works incredibly well in this is there there are these tests, is what I would call them, um, where this computer simulation tests you to see if you understand what it means to be human, and basically <laughs> made me feel like a stupid idiot basically the entire time <laughs> because I would contradict myself over and over and yeah. over again and I think that's because my answers always felt completely wishy-washy and completely yeah. non-scientific in every sort of sense imaginable and I think you do you feel I, I, I don't you feel stupid and you feel like <laughs> and then my, my overriding feeling was what is this game trying to teach me and I don't think it's trying to teach you anything I think it's I think it's just a viewpoint of throwing some ideas out there and, and really getting people to connect with philosophy in a different way, I think. And mm. that that was my that was my feeling. And the same as you, I I I can't I can't remember in any sort of recent memory a game that's made me think as much as this one. Um it's 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 pretty amazing, I have to admit. Um Yeah. I thought it was a fantastic choice. Um there's there's all sorts of little bits in there as well. Um, I've, I've sort of pulled out a little paragraph from one of the bits there that was talking around human sort of culture and how it's a th- synthesis of all sorts of things like Arabic from our numbers and Latin from our alphabet and philosophy that's Greek. And the game is saying, well, why not? What's wrong with with computers being part of that synthesis as well as as humans? And wh- and why can a computer not be a human, or a living or a sentient thing? Mm. And th- there's all sorts of things around that. And the idea that we're slaves to machines and we we wouldn't be as advanced as we are as a human race if it wasn't for the fact that machines existed. And and the one caveat in one of them that maybe just go. Oh, this is too much. Around nobody's worried about AIs taking over. That's not that's not what people worry about. People are worried that we're going to create a sentient being, and therefore, what does it mean to have a soul? If we can create a, 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 an AI that's that is human, then what does it mean to be human? These are all mm. things in things like Blade Runner and whatnot and other yes. sci-fi. But I just thought the way it was presented was so matter of fact, I suppose, and so genteel that it kind of threw me a lot of the times when it was challenging me in this way yeah um, yeah it's, it's a multifaceted sort of game uh, but for me the biggest the biggest feeling with the game was 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 sort of that narrative and the story and the puzzles almost um they, they didn't hinder me but that's what stopped me moving the story on as maybe as quickly as i would have liked to have done um yeah and don't get me wrong the puzzles are fantastic when you figure them out some of them are astonishingly clever um the one i liked the most was one called big steps little steps that was um in an area which was off a rope bridge into sort of a snowy region and it had lots of ideas around sort of it was just the shape of the space there was things that looked too high to to sort of climb upon but there were odd ways in which you almost broke the environment or you did things that you yeah. thought weren't possible and once you did those things then you realize that that's that was the way to do that puzzle if that makes sense there was a lot of that in the game where you're trying to do the puzzle in one way and you fail and you fail and you fail 
and then you suddenly yeah. click and you go, I'm doing this back to front, like completely back to front. Yeah. And and then yeah. you figure it out. Yeah, I think I think um that's why I like as I say, what first attracted me to the game was the puzzling more more than anything else. And I think that kind of eureka moment, if you like, where especially if you have had to go away from the from the game for for a while and, and then come back to it with fresh eyes, it, it it's yeah, again, there aren't that many experiences like that in gaming that, that you, you can even be away. It's a bit of a cliche, but you can be away from the screen and think, oh, Christ, I, I know what I need to do now. Yeah. Uh, and and then suddenly it will click, which is just something that, that I really enjoy in gaming. And, uh, yeah, I think I remember the, the level you're talking about. But what what really impressed me with the puzzling, actually, was there are only a certain number of elements. They're all built built around similar elements throughout. They don't change a huge amount throughout the game. Um, but they still no. managed to keep them interesting for, for me, at least, all, all the way through. And and I don't know if you came across any of these, but did you? You know, you, you get a certain number of stars throughout the game to open up different doors. And, yes. Um, did you do any of the the puzzles where you have to? Essentially, you talk about almost breaking, trying to break the the game a little bit, uh, where you have to kind of, you you know, the lasers you were talking about before. You have to get out. There are ways you can make those shoot outside of the levels and then link them up to to get secret stars? Is is that how that one's done? So there's one in the desert, which I noticed in the desert sort of area, where there's a blue panel sort of on a middle column where it's obvious that you need to put a laser into that so you can sort of fly up into the air. And I was... I had no idea. So when you see elements outside of the level areas, that just baffled the hell out of me. I was like... (laughs) Yeah. I don't have any clue whatsoever about how to do these. And I thought, towards the end, I was thinking, do I want to spend some time sort of chasing these sort of elements down? And I did ask a friend who basically said, are these going to be ridiculously hard? And he went, yes, they're going to be ridiculously hard. <laughs> so I thought, right, I'm going to leave that. Funnily enough, I was messing around on, on the PS4 and checking different profiles of people. And uh, this is one of the few games that Mark Cerny has 100%ed. So there you go. Oh, is that right? It is, yeah. Oh, so interesting. I, he must be an absolute uh, massive fan of the sort of the puzzling aspect of it. Um, I, I think it's it's incredible game design. And to go back to what you said about the sort of the simplicity of them, they are really quite a lot of the solutions are really simple. And what what was really satisfying for me quite early on, there were quite a few puzzles that I couldn't do, so I left them on the opinion that I had to collect something in the future to be able to solve those puzzles. And that's not the case. Right, I'm with you, yeah. Yeah, every single puzzle is solvable first time. And I thought that was incredible design to be able to sort of make a set of puzzles to do that. What's also really interesting is they are spatial awareness ones. And sometimes the the dexterity... I I don't know what the right word is. The, The precision you have to get in some of the setups is really precise um, in order just yeah. to get those angles right and really just, you know, hit that spot. It's quite interesting the amount of sort of uh, mental gymnastics you have to do to get to those points. And sometimes it wasn't it wasn't even just moving an object sort of within sort of that 2D plane. It was actually realising that if I move it slightly further backwards, it'll be on slightly higher land and therefore it will just sort of skim over some other element that it needs to. It was really clever in the way those those elements were sort of um, sort of pulled together. I would mm. say, if anybody's listening to it that hasn't played this, you probably shouldn't listen as far as this because <laughs> I think going in fresh 
is absolutely the best way to experience it really yeah yeah absolutely and i think um what you were saying there about how the the puzzles yeah you don't need anything else to, you can complete them the first time you go in there but the way it's structured is, is quite nice as well so that it, it, it's never too frustrating you only need a certain amount of puzzles solved to move on to the next area so you can get by with mm. if there's one you just can't crack you're never kind of gated off um you can come back to that later if you really want to or you can just plow on without it um so yeah i, I liked that about it as well i mean I'd... did you i was going to say did you um did you have the hint system on at all or did you not bother with the hint system? In the um, I didn't end up using it. Uh, I deliberately saved that stuff to the end. Is that, I'm trying to remember how that was opened up. Was that where you had to you go to the different islands to, to Correct. open that? Correct, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did all that stuff at the end. So friends. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's it. Yeah, no, I, le- I left that stuff to the end. Um, but but um, I think, that, again, it's a really nice system uh, for people who are stuck. Um, a nice way of, of, yeah. of getting those hints but they're, they're limited yeah, aren't they? there's I, I, only a certain number you can do well yeah that's what I was going to ask because I think there's there's off and there's limited but I think I think there might be an unlimited option I'm not quite sure but um, okay. I I did need it and, and towards the end I think I had five or so pieces that I needed and every time I used the hint it was so well succinct in kind of giving me that sort of you know that just that prod of yes that's what i need to do it was yeah really well judged in that sense as well um that and i didn't i didn't begrudge using them at any point actually uh obviously you're a you're a better puzzle solver than i that you didn't need it but um yeah every time i used them i felt like i'd still solve the puzzle myself and it was just that one element to kind of get me over that hump and sort of yeah yeah oh, don't get me wrong i was stuck for a long time on on some of those puzzles and um <laughs> It, it, it was more kind of pig-headed determination rather than any kind of higher intelligence that, that got me through. But um, but yeah, I I mean, it's going back to what we were talking about at, at the start, where you know you'll say you'll, you'll sometimes abandon games. It, it's kind I'm kind of the opposite of that. Unless I'm really actively hating a game, I will plow through and try and get everything done, including side quests and and really, you know, the, some of the some of the elements that are less desirable for a lot of people who. Uh, who play games i will plow through and and try and do all that stuff so especially when i'm enjoying a game i will uh, my patience is 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 a fairly a fairly high level sorry um so yeah it it was it was determination rather than anything else that got me through a lot of them uh and and just finally on on the sort of the the, the story um the the one the one element the the one thing i do feel quite strongly is that i i didn't really get any closure from the game and that's mm. really quite uh, it, it gnaws at me a little bit um and i say that again i'm going to spoil a sort of preface this yeah. but there's there's a tower in the game isn't there and yes i can get to floor one on the tower but i can't get any higher up that tower and the game specifically uh, okay the voice booms out and basically says do not go up the tower and the, the computer is almost goading you to go up the tower to see what's up there and quite often in my answers yes. of questions are you going to go up there? I went yeah I'm going to go up there you want to see what's up there? Yes I want to see what's up there show me what's up there and it's like I don't know what's up there and that's really 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 annoying <laughs> okay yeah I did uh, I did both of the both, I think there might be more endings actually I can't quite remember but I did both of those those endings I, I, I obeyed the, the booming voice 
Okay. Um, and went through those kind of final doors in the hallway. Which is um, what and I, I went did. Back and did. That's exactly what I yeah. did, which was very much what I expected. That was that was an ending I expected, but yeah. I wanted to go up the tower. And I don't know how to progress. Uh, is, I, there, if, is there a given you can give me on that front then? Or... I'm trying to remember exactly. Yeah. Is it one where you start at the top of a stairwell and there's kind of... I'm trying to think. Is there one of those movies, you know, the kind of... Um, Essentially, looks like a robotic eye, but like a mine that that goes backwards and forwards, and then a laser with a tiny gap. Is that the, the same yeah, place I'm thinking of? That's right on the first floor, and I did that, and I beat that puzzle and got the computer. Oh, you've done flat. that one, okay. But there's nothing further to progress in that direction, or I couldn't see anything further to progress in that direction. And the lift. Oh, the, de- the definitely is. Definitely. Well, the, sorry, the lift go on. What did you say buttons, about the lift? Well, the, the the lift up the tower has nine buttons, and only button yeah. one is lit up on mine and I didn't couldn't press any of the other buttons. If I remember correctly, you need to find a terminal in that room once you've solved the puzzle. Uh, oh. and then you go through a little exercise on the terminal which will unlock the next floor for you in the lift. Right. I wonder but then. I might be remembering wrongly. No, no, I will go to that terminal then and go through the options because maybe I haven't been through all the options on that terminal for whatever reason. Um that, that that floor, by the way, when you were saying about breaking the game, that was the one time I managed to do that element of sort of pulling elements outside of the game world. And there's the star yeah. that's sort of right far back in that little room all by itself. And I managed to get uh, that yes, star. Yeah. I'm guessing you got that one. That was quite... But I felt incredibly clever when I, when I took sort of the, <laughs> the laser point and took it outside and put it on the hill. And I was like, yes, I've broken your game and i got that thing that you were goading me with you know um so yeah. so that was the only thing so so there's another ending for me to chase then that's there is. i don't i I'm, i can't remember i don't think it's massively significant but i think it is different enough to warrant and, and as i remember i think there's a fair few flaws there's a good if you do enjoy the puzzles there are a fair few good puzzles uh on the way up so yeah if you've got the inclination to go back i would say it's definitely worth doing oh, i definitely um, will i definitely will there's also DLC for it. I don't know if it, don't know if you've got. Did you get the DLC with it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I kind of want to give it a little while and sort of treat that as a yeah. separate sort of thing. Um, have you played that DLC at all? No, I haven't. No, I was exactly the same. I thought I'll, I'll go back to that at some point. But I, I'd, you know, as you said at the start, it's it's not not a, a, a triviality to get through the game so by the time I'd, I'd finished i felt like that was achievement enough for then and then no i will definitely go and play it at some point though and they've announced a sequel as well now oh, really? so fantastic yeah they've not said much that all they, it was i think it was a couple of months ago um they just confirmed that there will be a second one but they've not said anything else yet did you did you feel the same as me that this is such a massive departure for this team that I almost don't believe it's the same people. Almost, I, it's such an incredibly—it's nothing like Serious Sam at all in the slightest. And no, the, there's a lot. The, the, I think there's some asset reuse in this game. I think there are some elements from Serious Sam that are some of the areas in this, but it's—it's it's so far removed from that as, a, as an idea and a concept that it's kind of yeah. fascinating to me. And the other thing was the, the credits for the end of the game so short. I can't imagine more than sort of ten people working on this game, um, but what what an achievement! And what what I, what I also felt was that the 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 the, the, the idea, so spoilers I suppose, but the idea of this simulation was that 
you know it's a construct of human life i suppose and it's a, it's it's an in, in i suppose it's a monument to humanity isn't it and humanity is coming towards an end yes. in the real world so they want to create a project of how can they keep humanity going and i think what's really interesting is that this as a game is a monument to that development team forever for their the rest of their lives mm. once they're passed away and dead you know and i think that's a really interesting sort of um parallel you know that they've done what their story in the game is doing they're doing the same thing they they create a legacy for themselves with this which just really interesting yeah i'm glad i'm really glad <laughs> when you started started talking about how it was a heavy going i thought oh no <laughs> did you absolutely hate it but now i'm really <laughs> no, no, <laughs> i'm really glad you uh and um enjoyed. i i suppose um I was a bit concerned about starting it um, because there's The Witness as well, which I haven't played, which a lot of people sort of make parallels to as well. And I thought, mm, is this going to be the game I should be playing or should I be playing that one? And whatnot? But I think I think the merits stand up. I think the game stands up on its own merits fantastically well. Um, yeah, completely agree. And, and that was going to be my next question, actually, is, is whether you'd played The Witness. Because, yeah, there were a lot of comparisons drawn uh, at the time, well, just before... Well, especially when this came out on PS4 and it was a few months before mm. The Witness was due. Um, you know, yes, they're both kind of first-person puzzlers and there's an element of philosophy to, to both, but they're, they're different enough to, to warrant playing through both. I thought both were incredible. I, I would def- If you enjoyed this, I would definitely recommend uh, I'd definitely recommend The Witness. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, uh, I, I, I'm fully on board with playing The Witness at some point. It's... Uh... It's on the backlog, shall we say. So uh, yeah. if you uh, feel compelled at any point, uh, you can uh, obviously <laughs> raise it as a as another one for me to play. Fantastic. Um, but hopefully it's not as heavy going uh, <laughs> on the philosophy side. Yeah, well, uh, I'll, I'll wait and let you decide on that one. <laughs> um, just, <laughs> just before we move on, I did uh, I did ask um, any of our followers, followers on Twitter whether they had any particular thoughts on the Talos Principle. And... Um, Steve Mitchell, who's who's a friend of the show and, uh, and a co-host of an, another podcast that's just started called Three Men Gaming, which I'd, I'd suggest people take a listen to, uh, he got in touch. It's fair to say he he wasn't quite as big a fan as you and I. Uh, I quote, The Talos Principle was the first game where I took advantage of the Steam refund system. Boring Matrix 3-like <laughs> waffle wank. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> didn't quite get the same out of it as, as me and you, but, you know, it takes all sorts, I suppose. Different strokes for different folks, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, as I say, Paul and I obviously really enjoyed it, and uh, the, the the good people at, at Crow Team have uh, actually given us a few Steam codes to to give away. Um, so if anybody does want to want to give it a try and hasn't had a chance yet, uh, and did heed the the kind of sporadic spoiler warnings throughout, and, and still fancy giving it a go, I think we've got four codes to give away. So just um, if you tweet us at, at @catchuppod uh, and let us know why why you want one or why you deserve one, and uh, and we'll dish them out. Okay, that's that's the Talos Principle done and dusted. Let's move on to to what I played, which was Fifty Cent Blood on the Sand. <laughs> Paul, why why did you pick this one for me? Um. I can't. Who I can't remember who chose first, but I, I thought the op- I wanted something to ease us into this, and something that would be, um, fun. I suppose is the word I'm looking for, and different, and and challenging yeah. in some other other level. And uh, Fifty Cent <laughs> Blood on the Sand just stuck out like such a beacon of 
I have to m make you play this game, basically. And so I did. Um, just, just to give some background, Blood on, 50 Cent Blood on the Sand. Um, it was released on the 20th of February in Europe and then four days later in the US in 2009. It's the sequel to 50 Cent Bulletproof and it was developed by Swordfish Studios and published by the now defunct THQ. Um, some background on Swordfish Studios. I didn't realise this before doing some research, but they're a British studio based in Birmingham, which is probably as far away from the hood as you can get. <laughs> uh, they were set up by Rage Software and then acquired by Vivendi and Codemasters before being shut down in 2010. Yeah. Uh, the, the previous game that Swordfish made was a game called Cold Winter, which was an FPS game on PS2, which starred an SAS soldier, which had an antagonist of uh, John Gray that was voiced by Tom Baker. Um, yeah. Blood on the Sand was, um, I wouldn't say well-received. It, it is very much that 7 out of 10 that Edge are famous for giving out. Um, <laughs> and we received a Metacritic rating of 71 out of 100. Um, interestingly, when this game was released, um, 50 Cent was the second wealthiest rapper in the world behind Mr. Jay-Z. Um, since then, he fortune has been less favourable and uh, has recently filed for bankruptcy as Mr. 50 is now worth a mere $16 million. So, <laughs> what did you make of uh, 50 Cent's escapades in uh, the Middle East? Where, where do I start with this? Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> let's, uh, let's start with, with the setup for the game. So... Uh, it opens in an indeterminate country in the Middle East, um, and as the game begins, our hero, Mr. Fifty, uh, is finishing a gig where he's on stage wearing a flat jacket and, and grenades, which will come in handy shortly afterwards, which is which is lucky. Uh, he gets a call from his agent as he's walking off stage, saying his payment is not yet in the in the bank account, so. He and G-Unit go and kick down the door of the gig organiser and demand $10 million, which, uh, as you say, you can't help but feel his stock's fallen slightly since 2009. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, the, the, the gig organiser can't, uh, can't pay him cash, but, uh, but he does have a diamond-encrusted human skull. Uh, and 50 being 50, he, he's all about the skull and, and, and takes it, happy to take that as payment and, and goes on his merry way. Uh, but but yeah, would you believe it? He, as he's driving away from the gig, his, his transport gets ambushed and the skull gets stolen, and we're off to the races for for an eight hour romp as as fifty and G unit go about sort of getting their trinket back. And yeah, from there on in, it's it's a third person cover shooter, um, very much like Gears of War in in some respects, but also I'm led to believe like a game called The Club. Um, which I I have but haven't played in true playing catch up style, um, which which had a, a kind of combo in high school mechanic, which uh, which you find in this game as well, uh, and I think that mechanic kind of elevates it above what I was expecting. I mean, essentially, it, it's it's a surprisingly enjoyable game. I wasn't <laughs> expecting a huge amount from it. I, I knew it had a cult following. I know a lot of people uh, saying that that it's amazing, and I think probably saying that with with some kind of irony in, the, in their tone. But yeah, it's a it's a pretty tight shooter to be honest. It, it's uh, it keeps things interesting. So so in terms of that kind of combo and high score mechanic. So if you kill an enemy, a, a short kind of timer starts counting down. If if you or your kind of AI partner um, kills another enemy within that time frame you keep up your combo for increased rewards and there are also these kind of 
several times per level there are these extra challenges where for example it might be it might flash up you know clear clear the next room full of enemies within the next 30 seconds and or maybe you've got 40 seconds to break a load of crates and find six thousand dollars and the rewards for those challenges are generally like extra grenades or incendiary or explosive ammo for your handguns and that that adds a bit of a risk reward element to the game that, that definitely works in its favor as well and and yeah, I mean, I think without that, it it might be a relatively average kind of third person shooter. But I, I found myself really enjoying it despite despite my better judgment uh, going in. Um, yeah, as well as that, you know, each level split into sections, and each section there are kind of five posters hung around of famous rappers, including Fifty, um, and uh, also these targets that are in kind of hard to find places where. If you find all of them, you shoot targets and find the posters, you get extra rewards at the end. You get more money and more points. And the more points you collect, the more unlockables you can claim. Excitingly, you, you can then unlock uh, 50 cent music videos if, if that's your, your thing. But also <laughs> uh, later on, eventually, things like you know infinite ammo and grenades and stuff for, for um, if you really smash the targets. But you re- realistically, you're only likely to reach those after a, probably a second playthrough, I assume, uh, assuming they stack as you go through. Uh, and that would would obviously make the harder difficulty levels less of a challenge. And there's also bullet time in 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 here. Sorry, I'll, I'll correct myself. Of course, here it's called gangster time. Uh, you, you hit Y on the pad, and things slow down to a crawl for a limited amount of time. You can fly through the air, Max Payne style, kind of blasting everything in sight. I mean, it, that felt a bit superfluous to me. I, di- I didn't need to rely on it too much. It's it, it's not a particularly difficult game generally. Um, partly because the enemy enemy AI isn't particularly advanced, and you can generally just stick to your preferred cover spot without certainly without fear of being flanked or, or being overpowered at any time. And there's also the fact that whenever there's any particularly big waves of enemies about to enter the rooms, there's a massive klaxon goes off and a big red danger warning on on the <laughs> on the on the screen pointing to where they're going to be coming from, which which takes the challenge away a, a little bit. Um, but this is on normal. I played it on. I mean, maybe maybe it, it's it's a lot harder uh, on the higher difficulty levels. But and it, I also found it is really generous with checkpoints. So the times where I did need a few goes to get past a particular stage, it, it just it didn't get too frustrating. Basically, you, you didn't ever get set back too far. Um, yeah, as I say, along the way you can smash crates and 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 get um, money, and also downed enemies drop cash as well. And you can use that to upgrade three main areas so the first one is is weapons you get four main types of weapons sort of handguns semi-automatics machine guns and 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 explosive weapons and there's plenty of variety there as i said before i'm the type of person who will try and kind of seek out the hidden areas and and try and find all that kind of stuff and even doing that um i tried to smash every hidden box i found and, and and didn't manage to upgrade all the weapons so there's a fair bit of variety there secondly the second thing you can upgrade with with your money is uh, kind of melee, melee kill. Um, I never know how to pronounce that. Melee, melee kill melee. move sets. Yeah, I reckon that's probably right. Uh, yeah, the, the melee moves are, are pretty brutal and, and really effective. Um, you basically run up to them and hit, hit B or, or circle if you're playing on on PS3, and it's basically just a, a bit of a quick time event. And they're yeah, it's it's fifty kind of 
taking delight in just smashing someone's face in it at close range, which is which is lovely. But thirdly, and, and probably most importantly of all, uh, with money, you can upgrade the taunt system. <laughs> so if you click in the left stick while running around, you can make uh, 50 yell out various obscenities at the enemies, you know, calling them little bitches as you're, you're pumping rounds of lead into them, and uh, which, which obviously elevates the, the game hugely. Um, yeah, as I mentioned throughout the game, you're kind of accompanied by an, an AI partner, one of three members of, of G Unit, uh, who apparently are Tony Yeo, Lloyd Banks, and my personal favourite DJ DJ Woo Kid. Uh, the Wikipedia entry for DJ Woo Kid states his productions often use a sound clip of shouting his DJ name with an echo effect. So that sounds very good. I'll I'll be sure to check out his stuff. Um, but but yeah, that that AI partner stuff is is fine. It works well. The the only problem I had with that is sometimes they would take the most viable piece of cover, especially if there's a bit of a narrow kind of gangway. Um, but but you know, rarely enough for it to be to be an annoyance. Um, it can also be played online co-op over Xbox Live, which I didn't try. But um, I thought the real missed opportunity is there's no local co-op in there, mm. as far as I could see, which. I think the ridiculous nature of the game means it probably would be would be a good time to have with with a friend uh, or partner playing through it in the, in the same room. Um, that, as I say, mostly it's a third person shooter. It is broken up in places with with a bit of variety. Um, there are a couple of driving levels and, and, and on rails helicopter turret section. So yeah, nothing nothing that's really kind of um, I don't know stunningly original but but it helps to break up the action a little bit and the only minor niggle i had with them with the driving levels you're kind of driving military vehicles with with real serious firepower which doesn't really seem to make much of a dent in the armor of the vehicles you're up against but if you nudge into them they just explode spontaneously which is excellent yeah (laughs) yeah um but yeah it's 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 just a really odd one um yeah i I don't know 50 cent reportedly claimed to to have had a lot of input into the game design i have no idea whether that's true or not um uh if he did you can kind of see what elements he might have brought to it i think um i i you know i wonder if he did it whether he had a a say in the game's treatment of female characters because um oh my god yes (laughs) i mean the the treatment of, of of any female character in this game is Astonishing, isn't it? Absolutely astonishing yeah. how, how uh, blatantly sexist this game is. And um, yes, I don't know. I, I'm not sure how I feel about the tone of the game in general. I think it's obviously hilarious because it's so badly judged, obviously. And so, yeah. I mean, my, my question throughout was: Does does is Fifty Cent proud of this game? Yeah. Uh, does, is this his vision or not? Is this what he expected it to be or not? You know. That was my sort of mm. deep feeling throughout when I played this. And I don't know if that was something that crossed your mind. Uh, you say, how much input did he have? And, and that's, that's my thought. Is, that, is this, this is a game that he thinks, yeah, this is good, this is, this is me, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't play the previous game, Bulletproof, which I, from reading w- w- was, was nowhere near as good as this one. Um, and I think made by a different studio. I don't know how related it is to this. So as I said, I don't know. But but yeah, it's it would be interesting to know just how much of an input he he did have. Obviously, he voiced over, you know, did did did, did the audio, but um, just what the input he he had. But yeah, the, the the treatment of female characters is is pretty staggering. Really, there's there's one main female character in the game. Ninety five percent of the time, she's referred to simply as bitch. 
and uh, she of course stabs fifty in the in the back. You know, th- three quarters of the way through it. Um, although to be fair, there there's plenty of backstabbing from from male characters as well. It's a massive trait of the game. He seems to get friendly with people, and then they and then they do him wrong, <laughs> uh, just upping the aggression level even further, which is. He's just a nice guy, isn't he? Fifty. He's just, he's just <laughs> yeah. so many times. <laughs> yeah, he's too trusting. You know, if almost, almost uh, yeah, yeah. T- too nice a guy. Um, but yeah, the only other women I remember in the game are a busload of strippers who are sent in as some kind of sexy Trojan horse to to distract the bad guys, and then the bus blows up, um, destroying. <laughs> well, it, it cuts away, but you would imagine just destroying everyone. I mean. At least those guys have got their flat jackets on. I, I can't imagine that the kind of bra and panties outfits the strippers are wearing offered a huge amount of protection from shrapnel. But but maybe maybe they got out all right. But but yeah, it was it was pretty jarring. I have to say uh, that that stuff. But I mean, I guess it, how much do you buy? How much do you buy into the whole world of 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 these kind of characters? You know, that that's what it's all about, isn't it? So. I, I don't know if if you can take a step back and just say, okay, we need to accept that this is going to be faintly ludicrous at, at best throughout. Then, then as I say, the actual underlying mechanics—it's a perfectly enjoyable game. I, I I enjoyed it so much more than I was expecting to. I mean, how did you find it? Yeah, I mean, I so I got I was given this for a birthday by one of my friends because we've joked <laughs> about the game loads of times in the past. And he just bought it for me. I was like, oh, great, ha-ha, very funny sort of thing. And then I started playing it. I went, oh, I'm quite enjoying this. This is, <laughs> this is actually quite quite all right, isn't it? And yeah. I, think the, I think, like you said, the, the game doesn't get in, it, in the way, does it? You know, it, it's just, the mechanics just work, I think, and it just flows. And it's it doesn't challenge you, does it, in terms of difficulty, really, at any point. And I think... That's the point, I think. It's meant to be this crazy world of 50 Cent and his his adventures, isn't it? And I, yeah. I, I just wonder... I, I, just so, I just think it's it's so loose that, that it's, it's okay what it's doing because it's just so over the top. I think, I think my favourite mechanic in the game has to be clicking in the stick for the obscenities yeah because it's just yeah it's just so it's so ridiculously inspired and so fitting of that of that place and you you become i don't know if it came after a while i stopped doing it because it was just i wasn't playing for the score it's just ludicrous anyway and you know you start sort of interacting with the mechanic um what did you yeah. feel about um um, the, the plot. Did you follow the plot quite closely when you were playing it? <laughs> um, to to a certain extent, I, I, well, as I say, you know, the it was all about the the diamond encrusted skull, and Indeed. he uh, he loses the skull, he gets the skull back, loses it again, <laughs> uh, and then gets it. Spoiler alert: gets it back at the end, uh, jumps in the Humvee with G Unit, and uh, uh, puts a cigar in the skull's mouth, and and, and then and then drives <laughs> off. It's uh, oh, perfect cutscene to end it on it's pretty brilliant yeah uh, and, 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 and some of the lines of dialogue the, the, the line that always gets me is bitch got my skull bitch got my skull seems to <laughs> just roll off the tongue with 50 cent that that seems to be the driving force behind everything you know bitch got my skull i need to get it back you know um did you did you turn off the soundtrack at all or, or I, I i you see i'm i'm 
I'm in a slightly different position to you because I quite, I think 50 Cent's earlier work is okay, actually. And he got progressively more and more terrible. So I quite liked yeah. the 50 Cent soundtrack, but I, I believe you can play with music off and I believe there's an incredibly, a cre- incredible soundtrack by Swiss Beats on there as well. And I'm wondering which, um, which soundtrack you decided to... Um, to to listen to while playing this this jolly rom. I must admit, I didn't I didn't know there was an alternative. No, I kept I kept the music as was. So yeah, I I, I was treated to to fifties um, repertoire. Um, no, I've I've got no real hate. I've got no real hate for it. It was fine, you know. It's it, it is what it is. But but uh, but no no I I didn't uh, I didn't turn it off. Okay, and and what's really interesting with the music, if I remember rightly, is that it's actually quite loud in the game. Like I think yeah, the sound is. effects are, lo- are lower than the music. Which, yeah. when you're saying about fifty cent and have an input, I feel that's an important distinction he may have put in, into the design process yeah. of this game. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good point. No, I think you're definitely right. It's definitely higher higher in the mix. I think because I've got a seven year old son who and noise travels in this house quite a lot, and I haven't got headphones that work with my my Xbox 360 anymore. They're broken, so. I was having to play it on the TV as as low as I could while still being able to hear it, and still still concerned that maybe if he was still awake upstairs, he might be learning some choice words. I don't necessarily want him to know just yet, but but yeah, uh, it's all life's rich tapestry, isn't it? You know, he'll get there. Yeah, but I I just thought what what a hilariously over the top game. And um, um, did you did you pay attention to the boss fights in this game mm-hmm. um, and the nature of the boss fights at all? Yeah, can you? Can you explain to the listeners what the boss boss fights were like in this game? I can, yeah. So, so um, as as I did with the uh, with the Talos Principle, I I shouted out to to Twitter just if anyone had any thoughts. And uh, Colm Sheridan came back to us and said the final boss was a bit tough in the helicopter. And I have to say, I didn't have a huge problem with the final boss in the helicopter. Um, but that's because I'd already done two boss fights. Versus helicopters, three different people in the game yeah. fighting me with a helicopter. Uh, twice, at least twice, for ten seconds before they could have shot me in the head with the gun they were holding, but they actually climbed into the helicopter and tried to get me from the skies instead. And they were no match for my rocket launcher eventually. But obviously, no. And that infinite supply of rockets that just happened to be on that rooftop as well was always extra special. That you know. Just you missed maybe twenty times, um, <laughs> which I did. The first, the first uh, helicopter <laughs> boss battle took me forever, um, uh, but but yeah, it's uh, yeah. There was there was plenty of practice to be had uh, throughout. But I, you know, I, you know what? I, I didn't mind it. It was it just all tied into the ludicrousness of the game for me. It's just of course there's a third boss battle in a helicopter with a third different <laughs> protagonist. Why why yeah, wouldn't there be that twist? When you, that twist, you were you were. You were blown away by it, weren't you, when it came? And it was another <laughs> helicopter. And you're like, yeah. Oh, didn't see that one coming. Fool me once, fool me twice, but three times. Yeah, but I, I, like the thing, the thing with the bountiful supply of rockets. It's just at the end of the day, it's it's a, a, a gloriously dumb, enjoyable video game, and and it's you know. Yeah. It, it, as I said before, it never gets frustrating, and if it had have kind of kept ammo low there, it would have just been a bit of a bit of a nightmare. So I think, you know, happy to look past, past stuff like that. But yeah, it, it uh, there's no doubts that this is a video game. It's uh, it's uh, about as dumb as it gets, but but no less enjoyable for it. 
but, but the mechanics are decent, and I think that's the point yeah. to drive with it. And I, I've played the club, and a club was one of one of the few sort of early games on the 360 that I really got into and yeah. really pushed on my scores on. I really loved the mechanics in that game. And although I didn't do that with 50, I didn't. I enjoyed the fact that it was doing things. It still had interesting game mechanics, and, and it still it still gelled as a game concept. There was nothing in the game where you thought. Well, that mechanics out of place, or that doesn't really fit in this. In you know, it's it's a done well, so it all kind of fits together. So when you're going through a strip joint or whatever, in the middle of in the middle of the Middle East, there just happens to be a strip joint. It's just you know, it's expected of this game. It has such a ridiculous level that you expect these sort of elements in it. And as I say, in terms of mechanics, I just thought. There was nothing that, that didn't jar, and, and it just wasn't. I found it a very easy game to play and enjoy. I played through the game at least twice, and I started playing it through on co op online as well. Um, that's quite bizarre, really, I think, for something like this. Um, but it's just fun to play. I would, I, and although 50 Cent is, I suppose, I, I would say a detestable character, I'm not going to <laughs> humanise 50 Cent in this game. Um, yeah. it, I would rather play that than, than Gears of War, I feel, and, and I think that's because it's doing it's doing something of its own thing, and I can't think of another game really like this, I mean... No, no. How many, how many music game, music sort of, you know, if you're going to do music game, they generally go down the route of endorsements of sort of the rhythm action games, don't they? So to do something yeah. like this is quite unique and... The only thing I can sort of liken it to is the big games from the past, like Moonwalker from Michael Jackson and Batman oh, of course, yeah, things like that. But um, then they're not written about. I can't. Sorry, the Michael Jordan fight, uh, Shaq Fu. That's the one I'm thinking of. The you know, basketball yeah. fighting. Yeah. Thing. But it doesn't happen very often that you have something like this. And I do have to wonder what they, uh, what's the expected audience of this game. Because is it 50 Cent fans and would they be happy with this? Or is it yeah. just people like you and I who just play games and want something fun to play? And I'm not sure. But by all accounts, this did worse than the previous game, Bulletproof. Yet this is a much better okay. game to play, which is quite sort of yeah. interesting. Um, I don't know. How, how do you feel about about um, about the setup of the game? Do you, Do you feel that... Do you feel the game itself is making fun of 50 Cent? Do you think the developers are making fun of him or not? I, this, is, this is where I find it really difficult because I could see both sides of the argument. I can totally see that. I could totally see that they're like, okay, we've got this license. Let's just make the, Let's make the, best the dumbest of game we can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or does Fifty Cent really think he comes out of this looking like a top man? I, I you know, I, I, I honestly don't know, and I'd be, I'd be really, really interested to find out. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good question. It's a good question. Where, where do you lie on that? Um, I'm, I'm I think having having learned that it's British puts an entirely different yeah. spin on things. You know, I just think. Yeah. Would if they would ever admit to it or not is another matter. But I think I suspect being a British developer, there's probably a certain amount of Schadenfreude in making a game where they completely rip it out of him. And 
but and, and and by the same token, make him feel good about it. I'm sure he game, played this game and sat in a room with them and gone, oh yeah, I like that, I love that, that's, that's great, that's, that's <laughs> fucking, you know, that's amazing in terms of all the silly mechanics yeah. they put in. And they're probably pissing themselves in the background laughing, you know. That's the, that's the scene that I imagine of this, that they've delivered a game that 50 Cent really enjoys and they think is the dumbest thing in the world. <laughs> well, there's, there's no doubt he he wore out the the left stick on a few controllers uh, <laughs> playing through. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's just so oh, enjoyable man. and so ridiculous. Um, the, the 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 other thing I suppose to to mention is um, the the action changes quite a lot as well, doesn't it? There's sections where you're sort of um, on the side of a plane shooting down vehicles and and whatnot. Did yeah. you did you feel limited by that, or did you sort of enjoy the, sort of the the break and the change, I suppose, in the pacing. I yeah, I didn't mind it at all. I thought that there's a driving, there's two driving sections. One's the very, very end of the game. There's one really early on, and I I think it's literally the second section of a level or, or something. It's really early on anyway. And I thought I thought that meant it was gonna we're gonna get driving sections, you know, several times throughout the game. In which case, I I don't think I would have enjoyed it that much because you know there wasn't a huge amount to it but actually they were used fairly sparingly it didn't mind me i, I preferred the the third person stuff but it, it didn't bother me too much the the level you're talking about where you're on the side of the, the helicopter with the with the huge chain gun um yeah it was fine you know a lot of games have that kind of section don't you where you, you know you've been up against it but now you've got huge firepower and you can really take it to them yeah it, it was fine that not they didn't drag on you know um, it got back to the to the other action quick enough for me, so no, it was, it, I, I had no problem with that at all. Yeah, and, and I, th- I think going back to sort of really right at the start of sort of this this chat we've had, um, it, it it feels quite arcadey the game, and that really appeals to quite an innate sort of part of me. You know that it, a lot of it felt straight out of out of an arcade game a lot of the time. The setups just there's there's no there's none of that sort of introspection that a Gears of War has where they have to walk around with their fingers in the ear while it delivers the story, you know, it's literally movement to movement to movement and it's all about that moment to moment every time, isn't it? Um, without, yeah. with, with, with no with no let up, if I remember rightly, a lot of the sections in the game just keep going, you know, and <laughs> until the, until until you have sort of a, a run in with, with whoever has currently got your uh, diamond encrusted skull. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the premise of the game as well is kind of incredible. The, the opening, the opening sort of setup, the idea that he's doing a concert in the Middle East for a promoter. <laughs> Who's going yeah. to that concert? <laughs> you know, I, I just, it looked pretty well packed out to me. And, and, and how can they afford for him to play out there? And and. Is... Oh, it was a free gig. It was a free gig, Paul. Obviously, you know he's all about the people. Well, okay, okay. And was there any money? <laughs> Maybe there was never any money to begin with. Maybe he was never gonna pay off. Maybe that was the whole setup. But they're so they're obviously poor people, aren't they? So for him to come yeah. in as the second richest rapper in the world and go, I want that Darren Custard skull, you know, <laughs> mm, little, little bit, little bit um, contentious. I feel, you know. You kind of overstepping your mark there, fifty. You know, um, yeah. And the the personalities of G Unit. I mean, wow, what 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 great great shining examples of rappers there, aren't they? Um, yes. Um, wow. 
uh, I can't remember who I chose. Who you you chose Woo Kid, didn't you? I think I tried them all uh, out. I, think I, chose... I tried them all out, but yeah, Woo Kid was my man. Is it Lloyd Banks? Is that one yeah. of them? Is that, is yeah, that... that's right. Yeah, I think I chose him. I, I recognised him as as a member of GGG unit. So uh, <laughs> I, I chose him. Yeah. And interestingly, if you play online and co-op, you know, one of you is Fifty Cent and the other one is just a member of G Unit. So I'm sure all those kids out there were desperate to be um, hosting games so they could play as Fiddy every time. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's, it's an interesting game as well. I suppose that it is co-op. It's co-op driven. This game, really. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. It um, is. um, I, and I, I didn't. I don't think, but there's n- there's no part in the game where it really plays to its advantage. I don't think in terms of setup. I don't. I can't remember there being sort of split routes or anything like that. I think. No, it's no, it's very linear. Yeah. Yeah. No, but I, I should. I wish I'd had time to to give it a go. Well, mind you, whether I'd find a game online now is a different matter, I suppose. But. Um, uh, yeah. Would would have been interesting. I'd be to try. surprised. Yeah. 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 It it I, I I we can always have a game online at some point. Well, that sounds like a plan, Paul. It does, doesn't it? And I I I don't mind if you're fiddy, and I'll be uh, I'll be good. Old oh, it's incredibly gracious of you. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> no worries, and maybe you can level up all those guns. Um, if I'm right, do the do the guns change color or anything like that? I think I think the final gun unlock is a gold sort of gold down. Oh, I don't know. Gold versions of them. I don't remember that happening because I did. Remember. I did max out one or two of the types, but maybe they did, and I just didn't notice. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't surprise me. Put it that way. But um, I, I think, I think in some senses, it's quite. It's a natural conclusion for for that sort of market of shooter that that seemed to be predominant around that time, you know. And I think, I don't think the bro shooter market is as you know prominent as it once was as a concept mm. and idea and i think i think lampooning it in this way was i don't know i just think it's it's such a ridiculous game that i will never forget the times i've spent playing. <laughs> <laughs> oh so it's a, it's a top 10 of all time is what you're saying um i i, I wouldn't go that far no but um but you know i, I just yeah. think I, I, I'm not sure if a game like this would really exist anymore as well. I think that's what that's what I'm saying. I think that sort of game, that's it now. I, I, I can't see anything like that ever really happening unless it is mm. properly in jest, um, knowingly, you know. Um, it feels unwittingly hilarious, this game. Um, and that kind of really appeals. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, as I said, I touched on it before, but um, just a couple of the other comments we got from from Twitter. So Colm Sheridan, who I, t- I talked about before, also kind of summed it up with uh, lots of F words and plenty of shooting, which is about as succinct a, a description of a game you, you, you're going to get, but spot on. Um, slightly more grand commentary came from, from Grant Howitt, who, who said, I feel playing co-op with DJ Woo Kid turns Blood on the Sand into a second-person fan-fiction masterpiece. <laughs> Uh, drawing parallels with with Roland Barthes and, and the death of the author. Uh, and that's something he elaborates on incredibly entertainingly in a post on his blog, which is called Luck Robot. And the, and the post is just called 
50 Cent Blood on the Sand and the Death of the Author. And I'd, I'd um, yeah, I would uh, recommend people go and take a look at that. It's from, from a few years back, but it's, uh, yeah, very, very good indeed. Um, but yeah, I appreciate you picking me a, a relatively light game. Feel incredibly guilty now that I gave you something <laughs> quite deep, as you say, with the Talos Principle. But uh, as I say, at least uh, at least you got something out of it and enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. But but for the for the next episode, then have you picked something for me to play? I have, yes. Um, so um, I've picked something which is actually on your on your backlog twice. Oh, if you would like to hazard a guess as what I what I might be choosing for you before I reveal, um, but it's actually on twice. Is it once on a handheld and once on a console? It is, yes. Is it Gravity Rush? It is Gravity Rush. Yes. <laughs> um, I okay. Feel, I feel that you having Gravity Rush on that backlog is a bit of a disservice that you've not got round to it, and having it on twice is uh, is is quite the embarrassment I feel for you. Really, <laughs> um, you need to play Gravity Rush. Is kind of what I'm saying. Okay. So yeah, I think you should play Gravity Rush. Um, I'm I'm not really um, concerned about which sort of um, format you choose to play it on, whether it's on the Vita or the PS4, which is gravity rush remastered um but be aware that there's no sort of cross save or anything like that between the two uh, realistically i'll probably play it on the ps4 because i hadn't picked up my vita for a while and picked it up for a couple of weeks ago or attempted to and i think my uh, memory card is knackered so um oh, right. just for <laughs> for easy sake i'll probably go ps4 unless you would say vita is, is the um superior version uh, no, no. Uh, I, I, so I played through on both, um, yeah. and I think both have um, there's slight changes in sort of how the mechanics and sort of controls work, but both are, are brilliant in sort of the way it deals with that. So I, either is fine, really. But um, yeah, I, I think um, I think you're doing yourself a disservice by not playing it. So um, that is why I think you should definitely get around to it for next month. I shall do that. I shall do that. Okay. Sounds good. For you, um, oh God, I hope this goes down better. Um, I've gone for Broken Age. Is okay. that good or not good? Uh, no, that's good. Um, I, I, I feel like I have a lot of um, sort of uh, point-and-click adventures on my backlog, and um, I'm, I, it's not something I grew up with a lot, so Broken Age feels feels like a good good game to sort of pick up and see. And... Um, and, and, and see how i feel about it. it was it was one of the very sort of first few very successful kickstarters wasn't it so yes yeah it's the one that i think kind of really opened the eyes of game developers as to what what could be achieved on there uh, i think they got about three and a half million dollars mm-hmm. um i might be way off with that but i think, I think it was around that um off an initial target of four hundred thousand. um but yeah, it's that's interesting. You didn't did you you didn't play any point and clicks growing up? Is that right? No, not at all. So I picked up playing a few sort of more recently. I played Monkey Island. So sort of more recently, I played. I even played um, the Indiana Jones ones. If you know those ones, ah, okay. way, way back. So I, I and that's maybe two or three years ago. So I'm not, I, I I like the idea of playing point and clicks because it's not something that's sort of ingrained in me. So um, yeah, I will look forward to playing that and. Um, sharing my thoughts fantastic okay well that's that's for the next episode then but but, but we're we're pretty much done for now uh, paul thanks so much for for agreeing to come on and, and co-host and let's hope you you get that record um in, in five episodes time but we'll, <laughs> we'll we'll take each game as it comes Fingers as it crossed. 
um thanks very much for listening uh, everyone out there we'll be back with episode 11 soon but in the meantime you can get in touch uh, remember if you want one of those tell us principal co- codes just give us a shout either on twitter at catch up pod or if you want to get in touch uh, via email you can get us on hello at playing catch um, but until next time goodbye See ya. Bitches got my skull, and I want it back. I need weapons.